This book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Convinced living water changes everything, one life at a time. I want to welcome again uh, those who are joining us by live stream this morning. And uh, I know uh, many uh, do, and from week to week they always tell me, I I want uh, to thank you. And so uh, just continue to be in prayer with us as that ministry continues to grow, that the Lord will bless us and we're able to even on a greater capacity reach out to those who can't always physically be here with us. And uh, I encourage you, if you have not yet uh, been a part of that, if you're in a spot where you can't make it here, you get online and go to our website and get on the live stream thing. You can be a part of the service. Don't have worship uh, time on there yet, praise the Lord, but again, as God expands that, we may. But uh, it's a great way to stay connected. And uh, Jerry, you're just shaking your head. Jerry has been blessed, one of those, uh, and there's been many others, not only in our congregation, but to join us uh, listening in from other places. And so we, we uh, thank you for allowing that to happen and ask you to pray with us as God expands that. Okay, we are going to look at faith and action collide. When faith and action collide incredible things happen. We are going to look at a passage of Scripture today that most likely will be familiar with most of us. But if you aren't, it is the story of Abraham uh, sacrificing his son Isaac. It is found in Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. We're going to be looking really uh, at many of the verses in this chapter all the way up through verse number 18, but we are specifically going to read and concentrate on the first two verses of chapter 22, the first two verses, but I want to give you some background before we begin reading uh, Genesis 22, 1 through 2, uh, because Uh, If you aren't familiar with the story of Abraham, I want to fill in a little bit. Abraham is one of the greatest patriarchs of the Old Testament. We know that he believed God, it says in the scriptures, and God credited it as righteousness to him. Remember, we read that in the book of Hebrews. You can also read that in the book of Genesis. Abraham was one of these people that simply, when he heard the voice of God, uh, walked out and stepped out and did it. And he started way in the land of Ur, and he heard God say, get up from where you are and go into a land which I will tell you. (laughs) How many of you have ever had a move where you just get up and you say, well, I'm moving, and someone says, well, where are you going to? Well, I'm not sure, but I'm just going this direction. How many of you would be free, uh, feel free packing up all that you own, your family and all of that, and just saying, well, I've been told, and that's what Abraham did, and he started to go. And God began revealing to him where he wanted to go, and of course, he ended up in the land of Canaan, and uh, God was telling him all kinds of things that he wanted to do, and then God began telling him, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and your descendants will be like the sands of the seashore. (laughs) And Abraham said, God, that's great, but uh, you know, I don't have any kids, (laughs) 
So I'm not sure how that's going to take place. And in fact, he has a conversation with God in Genesis. And he says, God, really, you better figure out how you're going to pass this thing on to my servants. Because they're going to end up being my heirs. I have no kids. And Abraham begins to talk with him. And he makes him a promise at some possibly right around 75 years old. He says... I am going to bless you, and you are going to have a child, and you will experience the blessing I'm talking about, and your descendants will be like the sands of the seashore. In fact, he took Abraham out, and he says, Abraham, get out here, and I want you to lift up your eyes. See all those stars? He says, that's going to be like your descendants. And it said it was funny to Abraham. I mean, it, wouldn't it be funny to you, 75 years old, and God says you're getting ready to have kids? <laughs> That's funny, okay? If that, I mean, that God, God says some of the things that just, that they're funny. And so, in fact, so much that when he, when he told Abraham again that it was going to happen, uh, it was... Uh, 86 years old. He had, so he had waited some 13 years to have a child since God talked to him and nothing, nothing happened. Nothing. Do you realize when, uh, when Abraham was told by his wife, look, if you want children, you better find a way to do it that he was 86 years old. 86. Now, I, I, I am loving Reuben being here, but I'm 51. And, and I've often told Jill, man, I'm so glad they're grandkids. <laughs> I am so glad we can have them for even a day or two and then say, you know what, mom and dad are coming. <laughs> but now, let's look at the scripture because we're going to see some incredible things as we talk about faith and action colliding and what that means. We're going to look at Genesis verses 1 through 2. Gen uh, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 2. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Wow. How many of you, after waiting so long for a promise of God, can you imagine the test that God was allowing Abraham to walk through when he said, after waiting so long, so long, so long, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. He waited after 86. 
Can you, could you imagine 25 years Abraham waited for the promise? I can't even wait two minutes for a bag of popcorn. <laughs> I mean, is that, I mean, you know, I put it in the microwave. I'm like watching it in there. Was it done yet? Can you hear it? Is it done yet? We have become so amazingly impatient in our nation. Because everything is just immediate. I mean, you know, we go through the drive-thru and we think when we've gone around from the place of telling them to the window, if our food isn't handed out, that we've been cheated somehow. (laughs) That it's not fast enough. Imagine Abraham waiting 25 years he waited. Like I said, his wife finally said, look, if you want this to happen, you better find another way. That's in Genesis 16, 16. At 86 years old, Ishmael was born. It was not God's plan. It was not good. It was Abraham and his wife trying to do it themselves. If God's ever promised you something, never take a promise of God and go to fulfill it under your own power. It will be disastrous. It will be disastrous. So Genesis 17, 17 talks about Abraham being 100 years old when Isaac was born. Sarah was 90 years old. No wonder she laughed. No wonder she laughed. Then she told God, well, I didn't laugh, but God said, no, you did. (laughs) So we're going to look at a few things here all the way through verse number 18. And I'm going to point out some specific verses because... In this passage of scripture, you can imagine, we've just read here. Now, it came about uh, after this that, in other words, all these events that I just talked about. Finally, Isaac is here. And it says, then God calls on Abraham and says, take your son, your only son, whom you love. Wow. Unbelievable. And it says, take him and offer him on the, the, go to the land of Moriah and offer him on one of the mountains that I'm going to tell you. Now, there's some background I have to give you on this. It is theologian after theologian that will tell you that it is extremely possible that one of those mountains was the very mountain that Jesus was crucified on. The same mountain where Jesus asked Abraham to offer up Isaac. You say, well, what what kind of cruelty is that? I want to bring this out because whenever I have talked about this passage of Scripture, I have ones that say, I cannot believe that God would even begin to tell somebody to take their son after he promised and take him and do that. I want to bring out two Scriptures to you. If you ever wondered uh, that God was going to do that and, and you need to read... 
Ephesians 1.4 and 1 Peter 1.20 that says, before the foundation of the earth was laid, Jesus was God's plan. So make no mistake about it, God was not, it was a test for Abraham. He wanted to know, Abraham, do you love me? Or do you love what I've given you? That's a test for America today. I will say it again. That's the real test for America today. Do you love me? Or have you fallen in love with all that I've given you? Abraham was moved to action. That's the first thing we're going to talk about. Three steps of action that Abraham took that are absolutely incredible. The first one is in verse number three. I want you to look at it with me. It says, after that God said this, so Abraham rose early in the morning. And saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. Wow, what a statement of action. He didn't wait a second. The next day, he didn't lay in bed till 10 o'clock wondering, well, do I really need to do this? Maybe God will speak again. He got up early. And he began doing exactly what God said. Now, I will tell you, one of the things that we have that we're blessed with is God's word. Oh, that we would get up early the next day saying, God, help me to do everything you've already said for me to do according to your word. But sometimes we can't get out of bed for anything. Abraham got up early. I want to encourage you that, yes, God spoke to Abraham, and you may say, well, God's never spoke to me. God's spoken to all of us, and he's spoken to us many things, and we have a choice of whether we're going to act on it. The first one is salvation, whether we'll act on it. Then God takes us further and further, but there are acts of obedience and action that needs to be taken. Still, as I have walked with the Lord, I still need to say, Lord, as I get up the next morning, help me, Lord, to be a man of action according to your word. It's not enough to have just done it once. So he got up early in the morning. Listen to this. He not only got up early in the morning, it says he split wood. He was serious about doing what God said for him to do. He was a man of action and he did it immediately. Then it says, he arose and went to the place which God had told him. Wow. In other words, after he saddled the donkey, he didn't say, well, I wonder if I hang around here long enough, maybe God will change his mind. 
Sometimes when we read things in the Word, God asks us to forgive somebody, God asks us to be holy, God asks us to do certain things, and we say, well, I wonder if I wait enough, around long enough, if God will change His mind. No, just be a person of action. Just, just agree and, and begin taking a step in the direction that God's asked. And as you do that, God will do amazing things. Verse number 6, it wasn't just one step of action. Listen here, verse number 6. Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. I don't know, it doesn't say exactly how old Isaac was, but he could be a preteen somewhere around in there. Had to be an amazing time of of a uh, uh, question even for Isaac and the amount of trust he had in Abraham, his father, is amazing. And he took his hand, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Unbelievable. Another word of action. He took the wood, he took the fire, he took the knife. There was no question. He continued in the action of doing what God told him to do. Imagine all along the way, I, I'm trying to sit here and imagine in me, I would be saying, well, certainly anytime, you know, I'll head out and God will stop me. I'll head out and God's, God's got something that he... Imagine the questions Abraham go, had going on in his mind. God promised me this child. Why would God ask this of me? God gave me this promise. I waited 25 years for this promise. Is God going to take away his promise from me? No, that's not what Abraham did. He got up early, he did that, then he took the knife, he took the wood, and he took also the, uh, in his hand the fire to make the fire. Then look at verse number 9. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there, now he's, he's laying out the altar where he is going to lay Isaac, the promise God gave him. And arrange the wood. Each of these, do you see these steps of action? He's continuing. And bound his son Isaac. That had to have been something. Number one, that, that Isaac, again, would have such trust in his father Abraham that he would allow his father to just bind him and say, well, okay, I guess, well, I don't know what's happening here, but... And he laid him on top of the wood. Th that is some of the most three steps of amazing action I've ever read in the Scripture. No wonder it says that Abraham believed God and God credited it to him as righteousness. 
I love that too because understand, no one in the Old Testament did it by works either. No one. We all come by grace. They did it looking forward to the cross. We do it looking back at the cross. <laughs> then I want to bring you to okay, steps of action. I want to bring you now to the statements of faith that Abraham made. And then we're going to talk about that absolute climax where they collide together. And we're going to talk about that. Faith. Let's look at these two verses, verse number 5 and verse number 8. Incredible, incredible verses. You've heard me talk about statements of faith in the Bible, the statement of faith uh, that uh, uh, Job makes where he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's the most incredible statement of faith I've heard. Though he unrighteously take my life, I still am going to believe him that he is righteous and does exactly what he needs to do. That is an incredible statement of faith. The Hebrew children that stood there and said to the king, uh, king, you can throw us into the fire, but we're not bowing down. The God we serve will save us, but even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down. That's an incredible statement of faith. But look at this. Abraham said to his young men, this is, we're going back a little bit again. He said to his young men as on the way, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go yonder and we will worship and return to you. See, Abraham never questioned God was going to do something. You say, wait a minute. He, he, you said he was getting ready to do exactly what God asked him to do. Yes. And in Hebrews, write it down, verses, uh, chapter 11, verse 19. Hebrews eleven nineteen. it says that Abraham did this because he figured that even if God had to raise Isaac from the dead, he would give him his promise. Even if he had to raise him from the ash heap, God was able. That is an incredible statement of faith. I and the lad am going to go and worship and we will return to you. Incredible. Then verse number 8, another incredible statement of faith. Isaac, his son, also questioned. His son in verse number 7 said, Father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And listen, verse number 8, And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. 
Do you see the incredible statements of faith? Do you see the incredible uh, action on Abraham's part? Do you see how they were working together? Then we're going to go to faith and action collide. It is in verse number 10. In verse number 10, Abraham took the knife, stretched out his hand, and was going to come down and do exactly what God said to do. And it's there that we really struggle. The collision part. It's here where it's very messy for us. It's when the collide happens that that all of our life seems to be in question. The tension, the stress, the doubt, the fear, the anger, all of those angsts that come on us when our faith and our action is required to collide. If you you have ever been in a spot like that with God, it's unbelievable. And here in this verse, we have to see, remember it was his wife that said, why don't you just take my maidservant? God's not going to fulfill his promise. Just take my maidservant, and that's where Ishmael came about. But let me tell you, God will not work through our Ishmaels. Do you hear me? God will not work through any Ishmael that you bring about by your flesh. He will not do it. God doesn't need our help. God, in fact, when we usually help, the only thing we do is embarrass ourselves and God too. That's why when, you know, I will tell you, I don't understand everything about divine healing or about people receiving the Holy Spirit, but I know it happens. I've seen it happen. You say, well, why why doesn't it happen sometimes uh, all the time the exact same way? Well, I know one reason, because God doesn't like it when he gives us formulas because we wear them out. And we begin thinking we have the power instead of him. Boy, you find anybody in our human flesh that can take credit for something and we do it. We are quick to exalt self and put people on a pedestal. No wonder God won't use our formulas. God's not interested in it. And it's, it's like, and, and I, I bring that out because truly, I mean, I, 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 the flesh will do amazing things. God doesn't need our help. God doesn't need us pushing people over to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
He, if God wants to slay someone in the spirit, he's very capable of doing it without our help. I've seen him do it. I've experienced it without anyone laying a finger on me. I dropped like a sack of hammers. And I, I have to tell you, I was a youth pastor at the time. And I had brought my youth group to a a place in in Texas called uh, uh, Christ for the Nations. Great school. And the Spirit of God was moving. And I was a very skeptical. And and, uh, God doesn't mind that necessarily, but my attitude wasn't real good. And, And when my youth group went and started going down there, and I started seeing things happen, I got out of my seat and said, I'm not going for that. And I got out about five steps, and I'm telling you, God sat on me hard. <laughs> I, I, I could not believe it. I felt so bad because I thought, God, I don't even know who I'm laying on behind me. I mean, God laid me out. And if that weren't enough as I was there, I literally remember having the conversation with God. God, this is foolish. I've got to get up. And I said, why am I not getting up? (laughs) So I say all that to say, any Ishmael that we would try to do, even when we're uh, doing it out of of thinking that we're going to save God's reputation. God doesn't need your help. And he will not accept your Ishmael. Do what God's asked. Stand in faith. Simply do and be obedient to the steps he's asked you to take. And when those two collide in that tension, in all of that is where you will see the hand of God do incredible things. It is there when faith and action collide, God does great things. Look at 11, 12, and 13 with me. But the angel of the Lord called from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld. And I want you to read this verse with me very clearly. Your son your only son from me. Do you notice something missing? Do you notice that after Abraham, when he was starting to talk with God, he said, your, only, your son, your only son, whom you love. And do you notice after this, he says, your son, your only son from me. He does not mention in verse number 12, nor does he mention in verse number 16. 
he says again, but by myself have I sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing, you have not withheld your son, your only son. Do you see that no longer was it an issue? God can be trusted is what I want you to see. God will fulfill everything he's ever said. There's not one jot or tittle that will not be filled, Jesus said. Everything will be taken care of. But what it is is sometimes in the mess of it all, we can't see it because of the collision. But we have to trust. When we allow faith and action to collide, God will do great things. But he will not do them if we do not have faith. He will not do them if we do not be men and women of action. And he will not work through any Ishmael that we try to bring about. When faith and action collide, the hand of God is exalted. And no one can grab their arm and put it behind their back and pat. Because they all look and say, what has been done is truly been done of God. I didn't have a thing to do with this. And that is worth shouting about. When you see the hand of God move in your situation, when you see the hand of God move in your family, when you see the hand of God bring salvation, bring healing, bring a deliverance that you've been waiting for, you will then have no doubt it was God and no one else. It was God. And at that moment, that is worth everything. And what a testimony that God will give you to be able to speak with others. Don't wait. Don't use a cheap imitation of what God may have done just simply because you're wanting to manufacture an Ishmael. Wait on God. Cry out, do the steps he's asked you to do. And I'm telling you, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will meet you there. Bow your head with me.